0: Hi, and welcome back to the Big Book of New Testament Questions and Answers podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Kramer, and I'll be continuing our discussion on the book of Galatians. This New Testament epistle, or letter, was written by the Apostle Paul, one of the most outspoken followers of Christ. He encourages the people of Galatia to return to their Christian faith after they're led astray by false teachings. Let's pick up where we left off. Chapter 5, verse 22. The question is, What's the difference between the fruit of the Spirit, singular, and the fruits of the Spirit, plural? The answer is, the word fruit occurs 66 times in the New Testament. It occurs in the plural, fruits, only 16 of those times, most of these in the Gospels where Jesus says, you will know a tree from its fruits. See Matthew 7 verses 16 through 20. My suspicion is that people who use the plural of fruit in reference to the work of the Holy Spirit aren't aware that the term is only singular or that it matters. Understand that the singular matters in at least two ways. First, translating and speaking accurately always matters. To do otherwise is to promote uncertainty where certainty is the point. Second, the fruit that the Spirit produces in us is singular. It is good. Genesis 1 verse 31. There are many virtues and characteristics of goodness and the expression fruit of the Spirit is typically followed by a list of attributes. Unlike the gifts of the Spirit, which are distributed to people according to God's will, the fruit of the Spirit is given equally and to all who are regenerated and inspired by the Holy Spirit. Romans 12 verses 1 through 8, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 31, and Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 16. Chapter 5 verse 24. The question is, if we have crucified our sinful nature, Why do we still sin? The answer is, perhaps a phrase from the Apostles' Creed would help. Was crucified, died, and was buried. Crucifixion makes a very clear statement of judgment, and death will follow without a doubt. But those crucified take time to die. Early during Jesus' crucifixion, both thieves mocked him. But in the course of the afternoon, one thief came to honesty and then to faith. Matthew 27, verse 44, and Luke 23, verses 39 through 43. When Paul says we have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, he means that we've recognized these as accursed and have renounced them. The way people recognize the same about someone who is crucified, Galatians 3, verses 10 through 11. See John 3, verses 14 through 16 for more about the significance of crucifixion. While a believer lives in his body in this world, that fallen human nature will continue to oppose God, his word, and his will. Romans 5, verses 6 through 11 and 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. God has provided atonement for this nature, forgiveness, and a regenerate soul that does not sin, but lives as God wills. Romans 3, verse 25, and 4, verses 4 through 8, and 1 John 3, verse 9. A regenerate soul agrees with the law of God and does oppose, renounce, and hold in contempt the fallen human nature that it remains joined to until death grants a final relief. Romans 6, verses 1 through 25. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 50 through 58 and 2 Corinthians 4 verse 1 through 5 verse 21. Chapter 5 verse 25. The question is, how can we keep in step with the Spirit in accordance with what Paul says? The answer is, living in or by the Spirit requires one to remain in the Word, John 6 verse 63. Remaining in the Word means that the Spirit himself will keep us in step with the will of God. Ezekiel 36, verses 24-27, through 27, John 15, verses 1-7, through 7, and Romans 10, verse 17. Since our fallen human nature does not receive the things of the Spirit, Paul's also making a point of logic for a believer to use against the opposition of his own human nature. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14 The fact is, just as breath is required for us to live biologically, so the breath or Spirit of God is required for us to live essentially. Genesis 2 verse 7 and Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 14. Our flesh does not believe, but it can understand that without the Spirit of God and the way provided by Christ, there's no hope or life to be had. Romans 6 verses 1 through 23. Chapter 5 verses 25 through 26. The question is Paul talks about living in the Spirit. Is Paul saying we need to practice what we teach and not act like hypocrites? The answer is, Yes, Paul is saying exactly that, except that no one ever acts like a hypocrite. Hypocrisy is the absolute opposite of honesty and truth. Matthew 23, verses 13 through 33. Hypocrisy is what predisposed King Saul and Judas Iscariot to failure from which they could not recover. 1 Samuel 15, verses 10 through 31, 16, verse 14, 18, verses 12, 17, 21, and 25, and 28, verses 5 through 25 and John 12 verses 4 through 6, and 13 verse 2. Hypocrisy is not something anyone would ever act like, but rather it consumes the person who's willing to entertain it. We do need to practice what we teach, but we must also remember that practice is the product of the Word and Spirit's work in us. We can only practice the truth if we're remaining in the Word and Spirit of truth. John 15 verses 1 through 7. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed the questions and answers we've been exploring today. For the complete collection of New Testament questions and answers, visit cph.org. Join me next week as we continue studying Galatians.